Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. All right, podcasting we are. I am super pumped for today's guest. Um, We also, like so many of my guests are from the Life Coach School. (laughs) I'm not from the Life Coach School, actually. I thought that was the group I met you in. No, I think it was a different coaching group. That's fantastic. So this is even better because I was just like, God, I got to I went through Martha Beck training. Oh, so good. So good. Because I just had a moment where I was like, I need to get some more coaches on who are not in the life coach school. <laughs> Yahoo! It's me. Yes, it's me. Um, okay, so we did meet in a Facebook group, and um, mm-hmm. and I had asked a, asked a question about um, this idea of. I think it started with me having an interest in people who have had an abortion or multiple, and they have an abortion history. And they're entering new relationships and trying to decide, like, do I tell my partner? How do I tell my partner? What does this mean for a new relationship? I can't even remember what I asked, but somehow we connected and it was like, Mm -hmm. you know, arcs and perfection. And um, today's conversation is going to be totally awesome. So the voice you're hearing is Kimberly Mathis. I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Sure. Now we know you're a Martha Beck coach. You can tell us what you do. Yeah. And then we can have a conversation about what you introduced as like the differences between privacy and secrecy. And it's going to be mm-hmm. so amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm Kimberly Mathis. I, um, you can find me at the liberation coach on Instagram and yeah. my website is KimberlyMathis.com. And I'm a former therapist turned coach. And um, I like to say that what I do is liberation coaching. That's just how I talk about it. Because what I, in essence, what I do is I help people to free themselves, whether it is from relationships or careers or roles or rules, traditions, thoughts, beliefs, anything that is not a fit for them or is no longer serving them. We work to kind of break that down and dismantle it and get them on a path that feels more aligned with who they are. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. I'm so excited. Um, so let me just present to you. I mean, I kind of just did um, one of the challenges I see in my community, but I talk a lot um, with my clients and on consult calls about, you know, this, this piece of our past that we then get to decide when, if, and how to share. Mm-hmm. And the way it sounds like you you have these beliefs about privacy and secrecy, I think is gonna serve them so well in understanding Mm -hmm. that difference. So I always try and say like, let's get you to a point where you decide whether you want to share your story. Is it personal and intimate and a piece of who you are that you don't wanna share publicly or even in a relationship? Or is it something you feel like you're hiding, you can't tell? Mm it's eating at you and you're just going to like put it in a box and, and close it up. But really it's there nagging, like knocking at you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
so I feel like you're going to have much better language for talking about that difference than I do. Um, and I want to, I, wanna... I don't know what you just said was pretty good because to me, no. the, the, <laughs> the big difference between, well, first of all, I want people to understand that privacy and secrecy are two different things. Yeah. Okay. But they are not one in the same. Um, well, before we started recording, you know, you and I were kind of talking about this a little bit and I said that I like to, when I'm working with clients on relationships, I like to describe myself as a recovering Disney romance addict because <laughs> I was an eighties baby. I grew up on all the like Disney cartoon movies in which, yeah. you know, like little mermaid, perfect example. My kids are watching it and they're watching a man fall in love with a woman who he knows is the one who can't talk. Yeah. You know, so he really knows nothing about her. Um, so when I am working with clients, there's often this um, unquestioned, unconscious belief that the best relationships are almost enmeshed, have an enmeshment quality to them. Like there is no, um, there is no differentiation between individuals. They are a couple now. Right. And so there's these uh, social norms and ideas that kind of go along with that, that they should do everything together. They should tell each other everything. They should know everything mm -hmm. about each other. Mm -hmm. And Esther Perel, I don't know if you're familiar with her. She's fantastic for relationship. I um, know the name. Yes. Oh, she's done some TED Talks. She's great. Yeah. She talks about how, um, you know, it kills desire in a relationship uh -huh. when you don't feel any separation because some of what we desire is a person that's different from us. Huh. A person that, that is my like 24 relationship with someone who I have completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have, she talks about having some mystery, you know, mm -hmm. that, that it needs to be, you need to feel like you have opportunities to connect with someone who's outside of yourself. Uh -huh. Oh, that's fascinating. So the way that this translates into what we're talking about today to me is that another one of those kind of assumptions is that because we know everything about each other, right? I have to tell my partner everything. There can be no secret yeah. and they equate privacy with secrecy. Okay. When in reality, those are two different things. And the way that you described that like conscious choice about like, how do I feel about telling someone? Do I feel like I can't? Yeah. The difference to me between privacy and secrecy is really that felt sense because it's gonna be different across the board for everyone, what kind of things they feel fall into those categories. Yeah. So it's, it's up to the individual to determine. If your abortion story feels private to you, mm -hmm. what might you be thinking? Like what? What that might that sound like in your head? Um, I think that ideally, if you're thinking about it from a privacy standpoint, then coming from a boundaries perspective and framework, yeah, yeah. it feels like self-care mm. because you want to be sure that opening up your story to someone, you're doing that to someone who is safe. You don't owe that to everyone. Yes. You can choose to share that with someone with whom it feels safe to do so. And that is a, that is a form of self-care. That's a form of protecting yourself. Oh, so what you just said 
with someone who it feels safe to do so. Mm-hmm. I feel like some listeners are like, but I should feel safe right. with my partner. So talk about yeah. that for a second. Well, first of all, that's just a thought. <laughs> Um, because if it has the word, if a thought has the word should in it, for me, that's always a flag for some investigation. Yes. Because what that, I mean, it's a rule that we've made up, right? That a partner, you should feel safe with a partner, but the reality is we don't always. Yeah. So it really is. I want to, that's what it is. That's the core of it. I want to feel safe with my partner, Mm -hmm. but it's not always the case that you should. That that's a in the ideal world, you know, I'd feel safe with every partner. Maybe, maybe you want, yeah, like maybe feeling safe means not sharing. So there's Mm. correlation with like, if I were safe, I would tell him or her all of me. Mm -hmm. Maybe actually feeling safe is feeling loved and loving yeah that mystery with that mm-hmm. privacy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. huh it's, yeah it's not even interesting I mean I would question whether it's like even to describe it as a mystery there's all sorts of aspects of ourselves that we don't tell yeah to our partners because it's so much yeah you know we certainly don't think of like every experience good or bad as yeah. being something we need to share so I hear my listeners yes <laughs> like how I podcast right I'm uh-huh. like yeah okay, uh-huh. I hear them they're they're talking to us right now and they're saying uh-huh. like but this is big like this is mm. big this, you can't just keep like this is a big secret and I should be able to share big secrets mm-hmm. and so now are we in the territory of like what's big and what's little right like I also think that that is a completely yeah. individual it's a thought um assessment yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I would, I would ask, I would want to know what about it feels big to you. Beautiful question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then go from there. It's really, I mean, in essence, and I think you feel the same way it comes down to, there is no right answer <laughs> yeah. about if you should or should not tell the right answer is you making an intentional conscious choice from a place of integrity about who you want to be and who you want to be in relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you did say, you know, it feels like self-care if it's coming mm-hmm. from that place. What are some of the beliefs you might have about yourself if you're honoring that self-care in that way? Mm. Does the question make sense? I'm not sure it makes sense. So to like me. for me, it might be... Um, maybe like I am whole and complete, right? Like Mm. I don't need my partner's um, reaction or opinion about my abortion history to Mm -hmm. complete me, right? Like I am Mm -hmm. whole and complete Mm -hmm. with my history Mm -hmm. and I don't need someone else's um, response Mm -hmm. to it. What immediately jumps to my mind is, I think a thought like, my opinion matters the most, jumps out as me as like, that would be super helpful in this situation. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's a difference between sharing because you want someone to know more about you yeah. and sharing because you want their opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the first one, it's just like, I want you to know more about who I am as a person. Yeah. And I might not even be asking for your opinion. I'm just sharing it with you. Yeah. And so we, so then there's a whole nother territory of like, if I share my opinion and he or she does not approve, like does not agree, Mm -hmm. that would be the end of our relationship. Well, what if I can share my relate, my opinion, my belief about myself and my lived experience, and it's Mm -hmm. not the end of the relationship. But mm-hmm. wouldn't you assume, wouldn't you like, I mean, you're, you're the real, you're in like relationship world, not me, but um, mm-hmm. don't you think most people have that thought? Like if he or she disagrees with me, it'll be over. Mm-hmm. And I think that really true. Is it normal that we want our partner to agree with us on everything? Yeah. Yes, of course it is. Right, right. But it matters more to me how someone navigates the disagreement. It may be that you are partnered with someone, which is why maybe it also feels more secretive, you know, because you have a feeling or um, kind of an idea of how they might respond and a disagreement would not be okay. Yeah. Which I think honestly gives you a lot of information about your relationship in general. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so ideally, yes. Would they have the same feeling about it as you and have the same opinion? Yes, but I, I want to be partnered with someone who can hold space for the differences mm-hmm. and navigate it and be able to talk about, you know, if they're having some uncomfortable reaction to it, what's happening for them without it meaning that my decision is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what came to me. Like right before you said it was like, what am I making it mean about me? Mm-hmm. Either mm-hmm. what am I making this secret mean about me? Or what am mm-hmm. I making this difference mean about mm-hmm. me? Um, mm-hmm. What am I making my partner's reaction mean about me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. I mean, whether we're talking about abortion or we're talking about anything, that's just a hard thing to learn how to do in a relationship. Yeah. Not impossible. (laughs) Not hard. It takes practice. It does take practice. Okay. So what might be happening in someone's thoughts, in their beliefs about themselves and the world, if they're coming from a secrecy place versus a private Mm. Place. I think that, let's see, if they're coming from us, I mean, secrecy to me, the word that pops up in my head is shame. Mm. Yeah. You know, if you're operating from a, a place of secrecy, if there's something still there that makes you feel like it's not okay yeah. to tell people, just in general, may, probably not even just with a partner, right? But in general. And, and maybe there's still some stuff to sort out about how you feel about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I completely agree with you. I'm even trying to be like, well, what else might be there? I'm like, mm. shame, shame, and more shame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is a big one. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's lots of things that can be associated with that. Maybe maybe guilt, maybe. They all fall under the umbrella. They all fall under the umbrella. Uh Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that being said, what are some of the, do you work with like couples? I mostly work with individuals and occasionally some couples. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that being said, because I mean, there are listeners who listen to this podcast outside of abortion, just because they think Hmm. it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But what are your tools in general for um, navigating shame inside yourself? Do you Mm. have particular tools you Uh, it's a lot of thought work. I mean, that's the core of a lot of what I do is just trying to pay attention to the thoughts that are kind of running the show because we're having thoughts about it that are directing our actions and activities and how we navigate something. So I like to illuminate those first, try to figure out what's there and then see if it's helpful, if it's helping you to be the person you want to be or getting you what you want. So that's, that's part one. I think there's also a big piece of what I do with individuals on a lot of different subjects is boundaries work. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there's a lot of, again, I see most people coming from families that either model boundaries that are super, super rigid or that just are non-existent. And, um, a lot of times the message people have about boundaries is that they are a way to punish. Mm. And so one of the first things we work on is kind of reframing, like, no, what boundaries are actually for is self-care. Like you need to decide what, where are your lines to maintain your own physical, mental, emotional health. And, and then we work on like what that looks like to implement boundaries with people and hold them with people. But I think that's a big piece of this as well. Like even coming from a privacy standpoint, you know, when to tell, how to tell it, what boundaries do you have around, you know, their response? Yeah. And are you asking for opinions? Are you not asking for opinions? Are you asking Mm -hmm. for advice? Are you just sharing? Okay. Can you set what about, can you give an example of what a boundary might look like in this conversation. Let's say that I have done some pretty like deep, meaningful work around my own abortion story. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like mostly healed around it. Mm -hmm. I do want to share with my partner. Mm -hmm. What Um, might those boundaries look like? Like, what does that even mean? I think it means that you set up the conversation being clear about why it is that you are telling them. Ah, yeah, that's good. If you are just wanting to share, then let's be clear about, I want you to know this about me, but I've worked through this. Yeah, so beautiful. I am not asking for your opinion. I'm not asking for advice about it. I just feel like it, you are someone important to me and I want you to know this Yeah. because it's part of my story or it's part of who I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So setting it up from the get-go 
Right. Why am I telling them? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And being clear about that with them, because, you know, as people, we naturally tend toward like fixing. Mm -hmm. So without any of that setup, it could be that a partner interprets like you're, you know, this partner is telling me because so that I can they, help them. Yeah. yes they need totally. some help with it that's mm-hmm. so good that's so good mm-hmm. and like as a receiving mm-hmm. person in that exchange like opens up so much space when someone mm-hmm. can come to you and say I'm not looking for your help I just want like, yeah another place that we can connect another place yeah that, that you know me um, it might also be a relief for the receiving partner. Totally. That's like, oh, I don't have to like receive. say the right thing. I don't right. have to have the right opinion. I can just be like, thanks for telling me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So good. So mm-hmm. good. yeah, I love that. Um, I jumped ahead, but you did say, what are the thoughts running the show? I, th- mm-hmm. I think that one of the greatest tools for that is to just literally write down all your thoughts, like yeah. write down all your thoughts. Like good, what good I like doing, what else is, do you do? I'm a big, like, I like handwriting things. Yeah, me too. So I talk with my clients about journaling. And for me, it's very different than like, I'm going to sit down every day for half an hour in my like journal corner. And I'm going to write about everything that's going on in my life. I, I can't do that. I I'm not that structured. I hate structure that way. So I, it's like, for me, a journal is like a place to process. It could be two sentences that I scribble out in the morning. It could be a time when I do sit down for like half an hour and really write down what's going on. When I tell clients to do like a thought download or a brain dump, I tell them it's helpful to like at the top of the page, write down, I notice I'm having the thought and then list them so that we're categorized. There's like me. And then there's the thought I'm having. I love that. And I'm, I'm writing it that way. I notice I'm having the thought X, Y, Z. Oh, that's so good. Just as a way of kind of like creating more distance, you know, between myself and what my brain is doing. Yeah. I love Mm -hmm. that. Um, I use an app with all my clients called, well, not all my clients, anyone who wants to called Voxer. Do you know? Oh, me too. Yeah, I do too. It's so good. Um, but personally I use Mm -hmm. Voxer like, cause I get a lot of thoughts when I'm driving, right? A lot of us Mm. have big shower thoughts. Like, yeah, I love the, my notes feature on Voxer. Mm. Like you can just Vox yourself Mm. and I'll just like, tell myself my thought. And sometimes I go back and listen to them. Sometimes I don't, but like, yeah, I love that feature. And I'm a journaler like you, like mm. I might have the journal and it, but I might be eating lunch and I run over mm. and the thought, and then I go back to my lunch. It's not yeah. like, not like you said, we're like, I have a practice where I sit down and mm-hmm. light a candle. And like, <laughs> I might also, if there, you know, there are times my brain really likes to overthink sometimes. So there are times where I realize there's some situation going on and I have felt like stressed or anxious all day, but maybe I didn't have a chance to, you know, like notice the thought or sit down with the thought, write it down, put it down somewhere. So I will just create some time for myself. I'll sit down and I'll go back to a moment in the day where I felt particularly overwhelmed 
Yeah. And I try to go back to like, what were the thoughts I was having then? So I don't think it has to be something that you catch immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I do think you can go back to it. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. I mean, if I didn't agree that the work that I do would be really hard because we yeah going back. (laughs) Yeah, I know. For sure. For sure. I, I totally agree. I guess the big takeaway for a listener, I hope is that there's no right or wrong way to do this. You just right. find your way. It's not like, you know, yeah. there's, there's, it's just try it all, play with it all. Yeah. It feels Does it, I think my, what I would want to get across is just thinking about privacy versus secrecy. Does it feel like you are hiding or yeah. does it feel like you are taking care of yourself? Yeah. Are there times though, where it is in your I mean, my answer is yes before I ask the question, but I'm curious yours. Like, are there times where it is in your best interest to hide? I think the difference, again, this is why I said it's like a felt sense. Yeah, totally. I think the difference is a feeling of like, someone's going to catch me. I'm going to get found out Mm -hmm. versus I'm like protecting my baby. I'm protecting this little something that I care so much about me. Yeah. 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 A part of me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm holding it close and I, I want to be careful about who I give it to, yeah. who I let in very protective. That's, that's what I mean by protection. Yeah. I guess I'm wondering too, though, are there certain times where it really is a matter of survival to hide, right? Like maybe Mm -hmm. I'm a teenager and like, I'm Mm -hmm. still living under my parents' roof and I've had this abortion and I hide it, right? Yeah. Maybe I am in an abusive relationship and it's in my best safety interest to hide it in fear (laughs) versus like take care of it, process it, do all the work. I don't think secrecy is bad. Yeah. It's not like privacy is the best one and you should never feel secretive. Oh, I think, there we go. That's I think, good. Yeah, I think secretive, yeah, yeah. if you notice that, that's also giving you a lot of information yes, about yeah. the people around you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're doing something wrong. Totally. I think that's really important. And also it's bringing up to me, like, do I like my reason? right? Yeah. Even yes. if I'm hiding in fear, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm hiding my story because I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Do I like my reason? Mm-hmm. I'm living under my parents' roof. Yes. Like mm-hmm. I like my reason or, and I'm not saying, I mean, I have a teenager and I hope that she wouldn't have mm-hmm. to hide under my roof. So like, mm-hmm. again, this is no, these are not generally, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. but let's say she were in that situation or that person were in that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But that question, do I like my reasons feels really Mm -hmm. important to me, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm in an abusive relationship. I'm finding my way out and survival right now says, find your way out and then process it all Mm -hmm. Um, versus like, I need to do that work now. Mm -hmm. So that, so yeah, I feel like, Mm-hmm. Just kind of talk through that myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but do I like my reasons? 
is really a good question. Yeah. That privacy versus secrecy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What happens when you have a partner who mm -hmm. is like, tells you everything, like feels like your partner's like mm. super transparent and tells you everything, but your personality is more to hold on to stuff. Mm -hmm. um, any thoughts about differences in relationships like that? Yeah, I think there's some interesting couples work to be done there. Yeah. To t I think it's, I say couples work because I think these kinds of conversations can be hard to have with each other without a third party yeah. because we get very stuck in thinking that our, you know, the way that we want to do things is the way our partner should do things. Yeah. Um, but I would be curious about the partner's reasons for telling everything. Like, is there a fear that if you don't, it's creating distance, hmm. you know, and it's bad for the relationship? Um, is there a need for validation? Like how, and I'd also be curious about that partner's boundaries in other places. Like, do they have a good sense of boundaries? And what are their thoughts that, that um, on privacy and secrecy? Like, do they feel like they are keeping secrets hmm. if they don't tell everything? So maybe like, just because I have a partner who seems to tell me everything mm -hmm. doesn't mean that that's the right way. Just no, like it doesn't mean it's the right way. It doesn't mean you have to do the same thing. One's not better than the other. It's just noticing right. the differences. Yeah. That's why I say, like, I'd be curious as to what's driving that. Yeah. You know, what's going on there that motivates them to tell everything? What are their thoughts about why that's the thing to do? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that conversation, again, like that can be hard to have with just the two of you. Yeah. Um, especially if you're kind of working on better communicating in general, it can be hard. Yeah. All right. So much good stuff. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah, this is fun. Thoughts that you want to share, either you came to the recording wanting to share, or you've like in talking about this, you feel like some mm -hmm. listener needs to hear um, from you about this. Mm -hmm anything you um well two things one i think the biggest point for me to make was just that remembering that privacy and secrecy are two different things yeah but there is there is a, those are two different concepts there is a separation and one does not equal the other yeah. um that's the biggest point i want to get across and then the other thing that um i just noticed while we were talking i had this moment of like oh god because i realized we're talking to an audience of women who have had abortions and I mentioned like protecting it like a little baby mm. and this is the kind of like speak that I use all the time yeah. and so I noticed that immediately and was like oh god I, that could be so painful I think or triggering so I just want to say like I noticed yeah. that I even did that yeah it's not, I mean, that's my world completely. I call my abortion baby, a baby. Mm, I've mm, named her. I talked mm -hmm. to her. She's one of my children. <laughs> mm -hmm. So generally people listening to my show, mm -hmm. maybe they're new listening for the first time, but that mm -hmm. is very much territory that I talk in. So you're well, that's the kind of thing that I want. I try to 
I want all of my clients to feel like if I say something and it doesn't fit for them, like part of the work and boundaries work is being like, Hey, totally, that, you know, that's not a good fit for me. Yeah. Or that just felt a little, I get a lot of messages from people like pretty much daily saying like, thank you so much for your podcast. You have no idea how much Mm. is helping me. And sometimes I wonder, am I saying this for me or for them? But I always, I, I often reply, take what you like and leave the rest. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Like if it's yes. one sentence you didn't like in a podcast, let it go. If it's mm-hmm. an entire episode or like a whole chunk of episodes, let them go. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this is all, all about like just knowing there's lots of ways to look at it all. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of ways to talk about abortion. You can talk mm-hmm. about a penis, you can talk about an embryo, you can talk about a baby. I was, yeah. um, I was voxing with a client last week and um, mm-hmm. she was really upset about something and, that didn't have to do with abortion. And I said to her, like, um, I wanna invite you to see that that's really fertile ground to learn mm. about yourself. And then afterwards I boxed her again. I'm like, I do see that I use the word fertile ground and it's mm. totally okay if that triggered you. And she uh-huh. was like, yeah, it was weird. Like I heard it and I was like, oh, um, yeah. but I mean, I think it's tricky because a lot of the language mm. we mm-hmm. use as like nurturing, warm, yeah. feminine people yeah, um, can be really interesting around abortion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. You know, um, we have to wrap up here, but you did tell me something about your work that I just want to introduce um, for people who maybe want to find you. And it's this, maybe we need to have another podcast episode, <laughs> um, but it's this concept of like challenging relationship norms. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I had one other guest, um, Kala Hill. Uh, I forgot what episode it was, but she talked a lot about challenging family norms and relationship norms. Mm. And um, I just think that that also is really important, important stuff to look at. And Mm. I want to encourage people to go follow your work and watch your work because I think a lot of the ideas we have around like abortions and relationships comes from these like old beliefs and norms that aren't serving us in, in our real lived experience. So yes. Yeah. We didn't really, yeah, this, this whole month I'm doing, I mean, because of Valentine's day, um, I was like, let's just make February all about love and relationships. So I've been talking a lot on my Instagram about a concept called relationship anarchy, which most people do not know about are not familiar with. Yeah. Um, and it's often like talked about with, polyamorous relationships, um, ethical non-monogamy, but I think the philosophies are applicable to any type of relationship and really get you to kind of challenge social norms and status quo, and just make sure that you're building something intentional. You don't have to burn it all to the ground. Yeah. 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 You need to just like, look at it as an option and decide like, does this fit for me? Do I want this for myself? Or is this what was just kind of expected to do and I've fallen into it yeah yeah mm-hmm. awesome well go check out your work or, or listeners go check out Kim, Kimberly's work it's amazing Thanks. okay well I actually probably would run this longer but I'm off to a doctor's appointment okay and um 
it's been so interesting and fun. Yeah, and it's been great. To know you better. And, um, and yeah, well, thanks for, for having me. You already said uh, Instagram, the liberation coach. What was your website again? Yeah, uh, it's just KimberlyMathis.com. Perfect. And on Instagram, it's the.liberation.coach. Awesome. I mean, of mm-hmm. course, I'll link it all up, but sometimes yeah, listeners thanks. are like, I got to go find it. Show notes are too complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, thanks. It's been so afternoon. great. Bye. Yeah, you too. Bye. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.